Welcome to the TALON project. TALON stands for Teaching and Learning Online Network. As we adjust to the new COVID-19 reality, TALON provides a platform for sharing and discussing resources and practices for remote education. You can learn more at taloncloud.ca. Enjoy this episode. I'm joined today with Brian McDonough. Brian, thank you for agreeing to be an expert voice for Talon. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about what you do? Yes, hi, I'm, I'm course leader of sociology at Solent University in the UK. Um, I, I course lead, um, it's a sociology BA course and I lead a number of uh, modules such as social inequalities module, sociological imagination and research in the social world. Um, I'm also um, an active researcher, so I've um, just published this year two two books. One book on um, universal basic income, which was a, a co-authored text um, at Routledge, and um, another sociology um, research and research methods text called Flying Airplanes and Other Sociological Tales. Great, thank you, uh, Brian. Uh, it sounds like you're up to a lot of things and, and quite a few, you're very knowledgeable about the types of resources and things that we're gonna be t discussing today. So uh, again, I appreciate you answering the questions that we have prepared for you. Um, so first question, um, I'd like to understand a little bit more about the research you just discussed um, on the differences between online versus face-to-face -face communication. Yeah, so actually the, the, this distinction between online versus face-to-face -face, um, was a key feature of my um, doctoral research um, and it was based around um, my, my interviews with a number of experts um, in various fields. So this was from school teachers to doctors to bankers um, to airplane pilots and um, th there was a key theme that was emerging from my qualitative data and the key theme was that um, some people just hated um, talking via a screen um, and some people absolutely loved it um, and it was really quite difficult doing my um, writing my thesis to try and work out and suss out um, why you know what it was about um, online um, or I call it mediating technology um, why was do some people absolutely love mediating technology why do some people absolutely hate it um, and at the time, I was reading a book called The History of the Concept of Time by the, the philosopher Martin Heidegger, the phenomenologist. Um, and Heidegger actually gave me the answer. Um, and it was a, a, a short um, um, section on Heidegger's book where he talked about dividing housing um, bridge, which was down a row from Marburg University. And Heidegger said, look, there's two ways of, of understanding the bridge. You can go down to the bridge in which the bridge is bodily present. Or you can go down to the local shop and you can get a picture postcard of the bridge. Um, and the bridge is represented via um, um, a, a representation. You know, via, he said that there was a layered structure to picture things. Um, now, obviously, in, in Heidegger's time, there was no internet. Um, there was no you know, um, online distant le distance learning. But there was, there was representations of things. There were picture postcards, you know, so you could go on holiday to Paris and you could send a picture postcards of yourself 
okay, it's it take you know a few weeks to arrive. Um, but some people would say this is the same thing. Seeing the picture of the Eiffel Tower in Paris is the same as me going to Paris. You know, why do I need to go um, to the Eiffel Tower? Um, and that was coming through. That same idea was coming through with my research participants. You know, um, some of them were saying, look, the, the doctor was saying, look, I don't need to see my patients to know what's wrong with them. I can just do a video call. Um, but then there are other people, um, you know, in the banking sector saying, look, I need to go to the other side of the world to shake hands with someone. That's how important bodily presence is. Um, so, we, you know, this is a really interesting, um, this is a really interesting discussion. Um, and that question that you asked, um, I think is a really important question. What, you know, what is the, you know, what's better between online and um, face to face or bodily present? Um, I, I used the term following Heidegger. Um, I think following Heidegger, the, 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 these two things are completely different. So Heidegger said they were, they were ontologically different and we might experience things ontically. Um, you know, so what on, the, the ontic is like kind of like what you like and what you don't like. So that's kind of one, one aspect. So some people like it and some people don't like it. But Heidegger's point was that these things are ontologically different. They're completely um, different in terms of human, human existence, in terms of, terms of human experience. They're very, very different. Um, and I think that's quite key because there's a lot of uh, researchers out there um, who are saying, you know, there's no difference between being face-to-face -face and being online. And of course, you know, if, if you follow that, that small section in the history of concepts of time, which I did, um, you can pursue the argument that there's, there is a difference and it, it's, a, it's a very clear difference um, and it's, it's an ontological difference. Absolutely. I, I would agree with you in that too. Um, you know, it depends on the, the physical environment and the situations that, that you're with somebody uh, when, you're, when you're present face-to-face -face, and also the difference when you're online, for, for example, us meeting, you know, just, just today and kind of discussing, it would probably be a different interaction if we were in person. Um, so I think That's that they right. are quite different. And, and, I, and I think what I found in my research was that people used, they used the, the online often to their, advant their advantage, you know. So what I say is that humans um, are skillful manipulators. They're, they're good at manipulating tools. Um, so, I, you know, there was one guy who said to me, look, if I'm, if I'm phoning in sick, um, I'm sending an email. I don't want to be speaking to, to them on the phone, you know, if I'm, if I'm pulling a sickie. Um, you know, you know, I've just, maybe he's just a bit hung over and he's, you know, he's going to phone in sick. I'm going to drop an email, but if I'm, you know, if something's really, really important, then I'll go, you know, sometimes I'll go and see someone face to face because I know this needs to get done, you know? So it depends if it, you know, if, if the issue is really important or if it, you know, if it lacks importance, then you, you opt for the, maybe what you think is the, the, the lesser, um, form of mediating, mediating technology. Absolutely. Very good point. Um, you mentioned previously to me that um, you're also a teaching and learning champion. Um, can you explain a little bit more about that and um, what kind of problem or overcome different types of problems and barriers for online learning? Yeah, so I, I'm, a, I'm a senior fellow in the higher education um, academy um, and I had to, I had to demonstrate um, to, 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 to get that achieved. I had to demonstrate various 
um, forms of um, teaching. Um, and one form um, has been using um, distance learning um, and using also, like we used to call it a blender learning approach. Obviously right now, during COVID-19, it's, it's, it's not so much blended, but it's more um, online. Um, and so that's really been, um, that, that's sort of been a, a key part of my teaching for some years. Um, you know, putting, engaging students um, with um, online materials. Um, but the same is true, actually, to, you know, it goes back to my, just going back to my research. You know, some people prefer uh, um, a hard copy um, set of notes. Um, some people just like you to email it via, you know, online. So I, I used to do both. I used to actually produce hard copy um, reading materials and give them all out to students at the beginning of the term. And I also used to send it out to them via email. So they had it in both, in both ways. Um, because I'm aware that actually, you know, again, on to some people just prefer um to physically have you know have a book you know um the the the, the kindle um and the you know the, the the book technologies where you can buy a book um online but you know people expected you to see books kinds of disappear overnight but they haven't and one of the reasons they haven't is because people like to sit on trains and sit on buses and actually physically hold hold a book um and i think that's quite I think that's quite key to, to understand what actually people, what people want um, and how people perceive um, the difference between online learning and, and learning in sort of in more physical um, spaces. Mm -hmm. So did you, were there some students that maybe were resisting that, that online switch so that became a bit of a barrier that you had to overcome? Yeah, so you get some you get some students who just yeah you know they they want to they'll turn up um, physically turn up all day long and and but then they just don't want to switch on their screens uh, and then you got the you get the opposite you get students who you know are happy to switch on but they don't want to um, you know physically turn up so you're dealing with these are you know for me these are preferences um, these are preferences. Um, beneath that preference, there is something very human about being face to face with um, people and that being having a special kind of uh, relationship with people. Some people like that. Um, some people don't like that. Um, I, I think that um, it's superlative um, being face to face. Um, that's again, ontologically speaking, it's, it's superlative. Um, and the, the online stuff is deficient. Why is it deficient? It's deficient because it, it lacks bodily presence. Um, so again, I'm talking about deficiency in, a, in an ontological sense. Mm -hmm. It's not deficient in the sense that some people actually prefer being face-to-face -face and some people actually prefer face-to-face, um, -face, um, you know, uh, sorry, some people prefer online tutorials, other people prefer face-to-face -face tutorials. Um, so it, it's, you know, understanding that, that those dynamics I think is really important to delivering um, high quality teaching and learning. Yeah, uh, for sure. You, you need to be aware and again, catering to those types of people and on which, which side they, they prefer to be on and, and getting the most value out of that. Um, so on the flip side of that, what types of opportunities do you think are created through online learning? I think, I, um, 
I think a great deal of opportunities have been created from, you know, unfortunately we've got this, this horrible pandemic, you know, this COVID-19. Um, but I think, um, you know, the, the switch to online has actually um, benefited lots of, lots of people in lots of different ways. You know, so my 25-minute um, drive, which of a morning can sometimes be 45 minutes in bad traffic, you know, was instantly just, you know, just done away with, um, you know, turning up late at my parking, parking lot and finding that there was no spaces available. You know, that's another problem I can forget. Um, turning up, uh, forgetting my office card to get into my office and having to go and speak to the states to let me in. That's a problem I can forget. <laughs> so there's like, there's kind of like a lot of problems um, that can be resolved. I've also got a, a, a one-year-old, um, 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 boy, baby boy, um, Huxley. Um, so looking after Huxley is is obviously really important, um, and and obviously having that more space to actually um, um, work from home is a huge advantage. So these is lots of lots of advantages, um, but obviously there's disadvantages too. You know, mental health is a big is a big issue uh, right across the globe. Mm-hmm. Um, people who have just been locked in the house 24 um, seven, you know, not doing their usual, you know, sometimes just a walk to the shops, um, you meet people along the way can, can, can make a huge difference to, um, your mental health. So I think it, it, it surprised me actually, because when COVID-19 first happened, I thought, oh, this is great. You know, we all sit at home and so say, when I say great, you know, see not in terms of the the deadly disease but in terms of affecting how you work and, mm-hmm. and, and you're teaching and learning I was like well this is this is all right this is great you know um loads of advantages here um, but quickly I realized that you know I wanted to go back to um to how how things were before um and so um people will have different preferences um to this of course and it will depend on their circumstances but I think there's lots of opportunities. Um, I, I would say probably I'm using, um, before I was using probably about 10% of the, the, the IT tools um, on, our, on our online. Uh, we, call it, we call it SOL. It's at, at SOL at University. So it's a SOL and online learning um, mm-hmm. platform. Um, and so I was probably using about 10% of SOL um, last year and now I'm probably using about 85% um, oh, wow. of Seoul. Um, you know, so I'm using far more um, online games, um, online checklists, uh, online um, tabs for, you know, opening up videos and reasons. Um, so I'm using a lot more and it made me realize why wasn't I using this before? Mm-hmm. Why wasn't I doing this just, you know, just six months ago? So it has opened up opportunities. Of course, there's been, um, you know, the, the pandemic has, has been, you know, absolutely disastrous in, in, in terms of um, lives lost and, and, and people's, you know, who've lost loved ones and people who've got ill. Um, but it's having, you know, I'm talking about all these other consequences to people's working lives and to people's education. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting that you noted you, the the amount of technology you're using now in, in learning environments and, and you, in hindsight, you, you wish you would have been doing this earlier. 
Um, is there a favorite resource tool or software that you have discovered recently that's helping with online learning and, and helping your students? Yeah, I, 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 there's one, uh, there's one called VideoScribe, which, it, which is really just um, very, very basic. Um, uh, you, you know, you can download the app and um, you can write, um, it, it basically it plays music. It's a bit like an intro. Uh, it can be used as an intro to a, to a module or course, um, or it can be an intro to, a set, to, a, to an assessment or a set of ideas. Um, and I think it's really good because, you, you know, it's focused on words. Students will read what, what it says, but the music also is really engaging. Um, and it also brings some excitement to, to the course when you read it, you know, when you see a, a, a kind of, you know, um, a video that's got music and, you know, it, it's made to sound exciting. Um, that can be like kind of like a really good um, intro. So Videoscribe is something which, I've used recently, which I think is really useful. Um, I'm using things a lot more like, you know, like YouTube and, and, and um, you know, maybe some, some, some of the most common um, platforms, which maybe I, I, I didn't use a great deal before. I'm using a lot more. Um, but we've also got some, um, really, some um, lecture um, apps. Panopto is one, um, which actually... Um, my university is well um, uh, adapted to to the use of it, so um, it kind of like recognize. As soon as I upload a video, it recognizes who I am, and it's kind of quite easy to use. Um, so those are the some of just some of the um, yeah some of the some of the technologies that that I've been using. Um, some of which for the first time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it must have been a bit of a learning curve there, I suppose, changing, but. Uh, it feels like what you're discussing is that there's a lot more tools to be able to engage and motivate students kind of right off the bat about a course and get them excited about it. Um, like, for example, at U of C, um, a lot of uh, faculty uh, instructors can you they do course trailers to be able to motivate and, and get the idea about what the content is going to be discussed over, you know, the course of the term. So um, I think that's that's quite interesting all the way around. What, what I mean, just to, just to add, Mark, is that what's <laughs> really interesting is that um, I teach a module, it's called Research in the Social World, um, and my students are doing some research for a, a, a real uh, organisation, a research organisation, but the research organisation's actually doing on, online interviews because of COVID-19. They're doing online interviews, um, and so my module's all, uh, all um, set up for teaching on how to do online interviews. Uh, and I'm also teaching online. So, so you've got this really interesting um, experience but from the students' perspective where they get, they're getting um, real-life work experience, working for an organisation, and they're doing that in a, in, a, in a pandemic, and they're using the software that the organisation's using, and they're carrying out some research interviews for that organisation. So that's absolutely, you know, it's a learning curve, but not just for me, obviously, but but for the students and for, for other organizations as well. Mm -hmm. Definitely an opportunity. Again, that's came out of this online uh, post COVID um, kind of atmosphere we find ourselves absolutely. in. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so to, for the final question here, um, I always enjoy this one is, um, what do you think higher education looks like in the future, for example, in 10 years or so? 
that's a really interesting question because um, as someone who has carried out research on technology, um, some um, writers and some authors have said, have noted, you know, um, people believe that when you create a new bit of um, technology, that it's going to change the world. And, and, you know, like we were talking about the Kindle, you know, people said books would be dead, you know, but they weren't. And mm-hmm. um, when the, when the, the computer, you know, was introduced, people were saying about having a paperless office, you know, everything's going to be online. But, you know, you're, the questions you're asking me are on a piece of paper, right? So, yep. so this idea of the, the paperless office just never, that just never happened. So um, some people make predictions now and say, um, you know, in, in 10 years time, um, higher education is all going to be online. Um, we have a, a university in the UK, the Open University, which is very famous for doing online courses. And people say, oh, we're all going to be like the Open University. Efton's going to be online. But actually, I don't think that's the case. There needs to be more, you know, to, to make such a shift um, and social change in society, there needs to be other factors going on. Um, COVID-19 is, another, is a big factor. It's played an enormous role in changing what people do um and, and i i do think that because of the the pandemic i do think that higher education will change has changed that's not because of the technology that's you know largely because there's been this huge um social shift um where working from home has become more culturally acceptable learning from home has become more culturally acceptable so yeah i do think in 10 years time um things will be different to still different to what they were six months ago um but is it you know is technology going to keep changing things and not not on its own technology doesn't work like that there needs to be other there needs to be other factors human factors that work too Mm -hmm. that's that's an interesting uh perspective on it and you're, you're definitely it seems through our discussions uh today that you know, it, it is still that blended physical and online that, that's going to be going forward. It can't just be online alone. I don't think that facilitates enough education, enough learning. So I agree. Definitely. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Brian, thank you very much for, for joining us today and, and being thank an you. expert voice for talent. Very much appreciated. Your, your insights and opinions, voices is fantastic. Thank you so much. Found it all very interesting. No problem at all. Thank you very much. Cheers. Appreciate it. Stay safe and take care. Cheers. Thank you. This episode was produced by Talon. You can find the video of the interview and more at talentcloud.ca. The Talon project is funded by the Richard Parker Initiative. It is hosted at the School of Architecture, Planning and Landscape at the University of Calgary. Thank you for listening.